Have you ever wondered what goes into your favorite brand's digital marketing strategy? I'm Tara, the founder of TJ Creative Agency. And I'm Audrey, the creative marketing director of TJ Creative Agency. Whether you're an influencer, a business owner, a content creator, or just an overall creative person, we'll teach you how to create the perfect social media strategy and build your brand online. All right, guys, welcome back to Social Sessions. Today's episode is going to be a little different. Audrey is actually, well, she's typically the one leading the show, whether it's with me, a guest, or solo. Audrey's headed this project, and I'm actually so grateful for everything she's done to make sure that you, our beloved audience, gets a new episode every single week. I actually went back to account, which I think there's probably an easier way to do that. Um, but it was fun to go back and look to see where we've started. And hopefully we've brought some valuable content along the way. So today's episode, the reason why I wanted to do it solo was really just to give her some weeks off as needed because we know she never takes them. And two, I mean, it's really important for me to know what goes into the business. Um, this podcast is part of our business. And I think it's really important for me as a leader to know what that is and what it takes to make these episodes happen every single week. Yeah. So for those of you that don't know me, my name is Tara Jade Holder. I'm the founder of TJ Creative Agency, the agency behind Social Sessions. I started the agency in 2019 after moving to Austin from Palm Springs, California. And so in my first solo episode, I'm decided maybe what sounds the easiest, no, but what makes the most sense to me, which is to share with all of you kind of how we got here, how the agency was founded. And yeah, I figured I would just go back through my life and kind of what's led us to here. We'll go back to my upbringing. I could do a whole episode on the chaos that was my childhood, but that's not really the episode I want to do. So here's a generic overview. Basically, I was born and raised in Cedar City, Utah. It's a small Mormon um, community just outside Zion National Park. My dad worked in the trucking industry and my mom was an artist. I'm the oldest of seven kids, not all from the same parents. My dad married once and my mom five times. So as um, a kid, I was definitely more creative, which we can assume comes from my mom. I was in pageants and dance and loved being on stage, actually. Um, given the circumstances, you could say I was pretty independent from early on. An example of that was that I enrolled myself in each of those pageants and each of those dance competitions. I didn't have a huge support system when it came to that. Um, but for whatever reason, I just signed myself up at in fifth grade for a pageant. Um and I did my own talent. I practiced the interview. Um, I guess I really just, like, I didn't have a fear of doing what hadn't been done before. Um, and really what I think is kind of why we are here. So back to to, child, to early childhood, um, I wasn't a great student. I never was. I did surround myself with great students. I always hung out with uh, good kids that made good choices. I was probably the one that always made the bad choices. Um, and in fact, I actually, I barely graduated, y'all. Uh, I don't love to admit that, but it's true. And I think it's something that kind of makes the, my story unique. I think the reason why I think it's unique is because we're always led to believe in those years that those are the years that define who we are. And I just don't agree with that. Um, 
So I think that's an, an integral part of my story. Another thing that people are always shocked to learn about me is that I got married um, to my now husband, Anthony, of 22 years, one month before I graduated high school. So to clarify, I was married in high school and I barely graduated. That's not your traditional story of success and definitely had been labeled with doubt and (laughs) judgment. I think people had a perception of me that... I knew wasn't true, um, but I found this like thing that I was going to prove everyone wrong. You know, I wasn't then and I'm not now someone that likes to listen. I don't really like to do life with rules or plans necessarily. I actually hate planning. Um, so conforming is something I've always struggled with. Um, I've always believed that in order to do something, different you had to do things that had never been done before and rules to me always looked like like a one-way street it was this way or no way and I fought it all the time anyway back to the story so it wasn't but six months after walking the stage to get my high school diploma as a married 18 year old to learn that I was pregnant with our first child Kyson who is now 20 and when he was only four months old y'all I found out I was pregnant with our second child, Andy, and she's now 19. So there I was, 20 years old, with two kids, a high school diploma, and a big dream to prove everybody wrong. (laughs) Anthony and I bought our first house, actually, um, not long like after that. And I enrolled in school, and I did that because I was like, I ain't no teen mom. Um, (laughs) I think... My major at the time was interior design, and I think I chose that because I just I knew I wanted a job in the creative industry or in a creative role. Um, I always loved like the idea of acting and TV and all these things, but in Cedar City, Utah, all we really had was the Shakespearean Festival, and it just I wasn't aligning. Um, So I knew I always wanted to work in production. That's something that had always resonated with me. Again, loved being on stage, whatnot. I wanted to go to LA and I I just, but I knew I had two tiny kids and they were under two and it probably wasn't going to happen. But it was at the end of my sophomore year when Anthony got an opportunity as an assistant golf professional in Palm Springs. And I was like, this is our way out. This is like what we need to get out of this lane of mediocrity. Um, It wasn't L.A., but it was two hours. It was so close. We'd be so much closer. Um, Just to have opportunities that a small town doesn't usually provide. Um, So we made a decision, and we sold our house, and we moved with two little kids to California. I actually look back at that decision now, and I think how brave we were. Um, Neither of us knew a single soul, and we were making pennies like literally pennies. I think Anthony was making $13 an hour and he was valeting cars on the weekend. And then I was serving tables at Macaroni Grill. Y'all, like I was the one writing my name upside down on the white paper cloth, like night after night. Um, But within a few months of getting there, um, I did find an agent and I began to pursue modeling. I auditioned for literally anything and everything that I could I got some good jobs, but I also took like really crappy jobs, like really crappy jobs. My agent actually, she loved me because I would never say no. 
Um, I, the things I did, we'll have to do an episode. They're silly, silly modeling jobs. Um, I remind, I actually, it's funny. I remember driving to LA to audition for Dill or No Dill. Um, and I was thinking like, what am I doing? I am 22. I have two kids. I'm married. Realistically, I have no business auditioning for this TV show. But I kept thinking of this quote um, that I had heard from Will Smith, and it was, being realistic is the most traveled road to mediocrity. And I remember not uh, promising I wouldn't live this mediocre life, whether that meant working at a bank or a library. I don't know. I just wanted to do something different. And no, this wasn't realistic, this driving to LA to audition for Deal or No Deal, but that it was right in my eyes and I had to do things that had never been done before. So I didn't end up getting casted. Um, I learned a lot from that experience. I went to audition for America's Next Top Model and Janice Dickinson Modeling Agency. I would get further into the auditioning process, but nothing ever happened. Um, I guess the bright side looking back now is that I did get used to hearing the answer no. Um, so another thing that I think came from going in and out of those auditions was I was able to see how many people it takes to make these productions happen. And I was really intrigued, like with the agency world, because I kind of felt like, you know, if I wasn't called to be the talent, maybe I could be called to be the director, the producer. Um, and it was kind of an aha moment. There's a lot of people that go into the creation of these things. And it's not just being the face or, um, you know, the name. So it was really eye-opening for me. I continued to serve tables and I was taking the modeling jobs. You know, I kept hoping one day something would happen, but I re-enrolled in college and I had a thought and I was like, I wanted to start my own agency. At the time in Palm Springs, there was one agency and the rest were in LA. And this agent in Palm Springs was old school, like old. Like she did, she still did like photography on film. She still did comp cards. Like she was just old. This is, I'm like the internet lady. Have you heard of it? Uh, I was like, we can do this better. So I felt like that was my next step. I met with my friend Crystal and together we made um, our first LLC, which was Desert Models. We actually like had an office and we had these amazing murals. I had a mural of Twiggy on my wall. Um, my mom painted the artist. Um, so yeah, that was my first business. I think we did pretty decent. Our first big job was actually casting 20 mo models um, for a Hollister campaign. It was kind of like based around Coachella, that Coachella vibe. And I remember getting that check and being like, I did it. I did it. Um, it was awesome. It was amazing. It literally lit like that entrepreneurial spirit inside me. But as we know, the agency world kind of shifted um, with the release of Instagram. And we started to see like people get booked by their follower count um, over their experience, their height, anything that had ever mattered in that industry before was kind of just like dissolved. It was a shift. I want to say it was a bad one, but unfortunately our agency wasn't kind of, it wasn't built on that. So uh, we closed them. 
agency in 2013, I think it was. Um, I was still working on my degree and had now kind of focused that back to business and marketing. Um, it was at that time I received an assignment to get a, to start a blog. So I learned the ins and outs of WordPress. I made a logo and I started this fashion blog. Um, it was a twin fashion blog because <laughs> why? Um, because those are the clothes I was buying. I mean, I spent a lot of time in justice y'all and I hated all the clothes. Um, so Andy kind of became the center of the blog. Uh, we, began to actually see traction on that right away. Small Instagram boutiques and stuff were sending our clothes weekly. It was crazy. And this is at a time kind of when blogs were the rage and collaborations were way that like things were happening and businesses were being built. Um, and so Andy became kind of my muse in that, in that moment. Um, I was lucky enough to know some people and some bloggers along the way that kind of led me. Um, I went full fledged into it and, I became a photographer too, because you know what, if you had a blog, you had to have good photography. So the blog grew, the connections came and pretty soon I would say I was shooting a lot, a lot of um, bloggers, influencers, tic- uh, muser- musers, musically, <laughs> YouTubers, um, people in the industry that knew the importance of social media and that they had to keep up with it. So from there, Andy's account like continued to grow and the photography was just becoming a huge part of what I was doing. I think I was driving to LA like twice a week. I was shooting actors and actresses and it was, it was wild. Uh, Musical.ly had pushed this influencer market into like this whole different world um, where you would, I mean, like in LA, you would see people walking with selfie sticks, full film crews. I mean, it took on a life of its own. Um, you know, we even did a pilot called Insta Moms. Thank God that didn't go through because, you know, with Hollywood and social media, there's just a lot of negativity and I've survived it so I can talk about it. Um, but it's a lot of comparison. It's a lot to take in and there becomes competitive competitiveness and it ultimately broke me. The friendships that I had lost depth and they became like very transactional and I just felt like things had changed. I was kind of lost. I felt frustrated with where I was. I still loved the photography side, you know, but like when Anthony was like, I think it was like 2017, he said, let's move away from this. He had an opportunity in Austin, outside Austin, and I knew probably was right. It was probably the best thing we could do for our family. Um, it's something we'd done before we were familiar. So what do we do? We sold our house, not knowing a single soul and boarded a plane to Austin. It was truly a like a breath of fresh air. Like it was so good, like not an influencer in sight, not literally, <laughs> but I was still relying on my photography as income and I had a base in LA. So I would fly back you know, every three to four months I would shoot, I would come home, I would edit, I would do it all over again. I think I did that, you know, for the first year. Um, I had created the system and the, you know, strategy, I think is what I would call it really. Um, and I thought, you know, if this is working for influencers, I think this could work for businesses because businesses were beginning to see the need for social and they were realizing that the stock images and the little 
pictures they created were not giving them results. And I knew the answer was because the, the people on the other side of the phone, from what I'd seen in the influencer world, is they want to get to know you. So they want authenticity. And in order to create authentic content, you have to be forward facing. So that's really when I found Dr. Franco. He's a plastic surgeon here in Austin who loved literally every bit of being forward facing never met someone who loves the camera more. So I began working with him in 2018. And I think he had like 25,000 followers on Instagram. He didn't have TikTok. He was pretty active on Snapchat. And we kind of just followed uh, Dr. Miami's lead. Uh, we grew that following from one to 120 on Instagram and then 315 on TikTok. Um, all organically through collaborations, which I introduced him to. And um, yeah, just charting these unseen territories of being a surgeon on social media. I think with the success of Dr. Franco, I just like had this epiphany. Like I figured it out. This was like it. It was the combination of everything I'd done up until this point. Um, it was all the experiences, the nose, my face, the failed agency, the camera, the being in the right place at the right time with the Instagram and influencers and collaborations and content creation. So that's why in 2019, I founded TJ Creative. I continued to work with Dr. Franco, and I filmed over 400 surgeries with him. I then added Dr. Patel. He's a cosmetic dentist here in Austin, and we grew his following, um, too, as well, on Instagram and TikTok, 98,000 and 2.8 million. Uh, and the agency had traction. And I knew that if this was going to work, I would need help. So I asked my friend Lacey, who had built a successful business on Instagram. It's laced hair, if you're not aware. Um, and I asked her what I should do next, and she said hire people. So that's what I did. I hired Mikey, and then I hired Audrey, and then I hired Maddie. And TJ was in business. Four years later, um, we have evolved so much uh, members of, you know, our team members have left, clients have changed, but what stayed the same is that we're still here. We're still in the game and we're almost five years in and I've wanted to quit so many, so many times. I can't count. Um, but you know, I recently read the infinite game by Simon Sinek. Um, and he applies James Carson's distinction between two games. So I'm going to give you a short description of what that is. So there are finite games and there are infinite games. He explains that finite games are like chess or football or baseball, and those are played with the goal to, of getting to the end of a game and winning while following static rules. Every game has a beginning, a middle, and an end, and a final winner is distinctively recognizable. In contrast, infinite games like business and politics, they are played for the purpose of continuing play rather than to win. He claims that leaders who embrace an infinite mindset aligned with infinite play will build stronger, more innovative, inspiring, resilient organizations. Though these benefits may occur over a larger time scale than benefits associated with a finite mindset. So I think that just really hit me in in the retrospect. Like this is a long game. This is a long game. This isn't um, I'm not going to get to a destination and it will be the end. I have to be in this uh, through the highs and the lows. And that was just some reassurance that I think I needed this year. Um, if you haven't read it, I highly recommend it. I think for me, it was one of those frameworks that I really needed 
this year, especially it's been a pretty tough year. And there's many frameworks we need as leaders and entrepreneurs, but that one is really great. Um, something I will refer to consistently, I am sure, because I'm also sure that as we enter the next season that we are going to have highs and we're going to have lows and we're going to have learning curves and it's going to come. But I couldn't be more proud of the current state of the agency. Something that's kind of new actually to the story is that I've somehow convinced Anthony to join us. It's taken years of convincing, but I'm really grateful that he's decided to step in because Anthony fills gaps, also known as my weaknesses. Um, And that's one of the reasons I believe we've been married for 22 years. I right now have some of the best people in the game surrounding me. I truly believe that. And I would not be here. This would not be happening without them. Audrey and Megan, I wouldn't be here without you. I definitely thank you so much for giving yourselves to this job and for streamlining the vision. Heather, I know you're new, but you are so valuable and we are so lucky to have you. We have opportunities coming to us that I could never have imagined on my own. And I tell you this story today because I think it's important that we hear stories of failure and perseverance. And it's been one thing that's really pulled me out of darkness and sleepless nights is hearing those stories. Um, I believe that we are all called to share those stories and we are called to share those lessons with each other. So thank you for listening. Thank you for taking the time to hear it out. Um, My hope is that you know that your purpose and your destination is not going to be a straight line. I challenge you to break the rules and to do things that have never been done before. Whatever it is that you're going through as an entrepreneur, as a creative, as a student, a mom, a dad, wherever you are in your journey, every little thing and every little turn and every job and every no and every relationship, it's all part of your story. You are living in a time when you have complete access to your dreams, and I just hope that you will play the game without, with the intent of never quitting. Thank you so much for listening to the story of TJ Creative. And if you wouldn't mind rating and reviewing the podcast, I know Audrey usually does that in the beginning, but I'm going to go ahead and end with that. Thank you again for listening and we'll see you next week.